Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You have retinitis pigmentosa. You have no peripheral vision. I cannot tell you how long you have left with your vision. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. How are you? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm okay. Happy yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, all right. How are you? I'm okay. I think. What this... did you do? You thought you, all your kids got sick again? Yeah, they did. And I thought COVID was like knocking on our door, but it hasn't somehow. I know. Now it's kind of on the cusp of like, okay, let's just, it's going to, it's going to happen. So can it just happen? Like, I'm, yeah, kind of like to just get it over with. Yeah. But instead you're um, just getting all these false sicknesses. I know. So my, I had to pick up my daughter at school on Thursday and she's the one that like, she does not call home unless she's like sick, sick. Yeah. Uh, so I picked her up and she started throwing up and she got her like fever and everything. And then Claire wasn't feeling good. Then they all were like sniffling, coughing a little bit. And I'm like, what is happening? But I also didn't want to like do any tests because I was like, we're not going anywhere anyways. And I know it takes a few days for like the test to show up mm-hmm. yeah. if they have it. I didn't want to waste I did test Julia and she was negative and then I tested her again today before she went out with her big sister and it was still negative and she's feeling much better. But yeah, so it's like they're all fine again, except Jude has a really sniffly nose and he will like he will not let me COVID test him like I, I will. Yeah, but it's very, very difficult to do on my own. Yeah. And he was sitting beside me on his iPad and I was like, what if you just like sat here and we're on your iPad and I just like quickly did it. Yeah. And he's like, no. I'm like, and then his like he keeps sniffling, and I'm like, "You're sniffling." He's like, "Well, that's your fault because you made me rub my nose." And I was like, "Oh my god!" So him he's gaslighting you when he's five. (laughs) Absolutely, somehow him sniffling is my fault. So you know, yesterday was in a really big like. DIY mood. Oh God, what did you do? No, I know I didn't do anything. No, I didn't. I actually didn't. Okay. Like, it's um, not, I'm not saying that I don't believe you, but like, also, <laughs> I don't believe you. 
No, I wanted to paint a dresser that I had. Didn't do it. I am getting rid of another dresser because it's falling apart. So Adrian's big brother is coming and helping me like load it into his trailer to bring it to the dump. Oh, that's so nice. So that's kind of getting my like satisfying my need to. Yeah. I don't know. Change something. Right. And I also got this dresser for free in my room. Oh, yeah. And I'm getting rid of the. That's the dresser in the hallway that I'm getting rid of. So, yeah. Anyways, that's Amazing. my boring life. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, I am dealing with a dying father. I know. I'm so sorry. It's not that's great. Terrible. And it's... No. I'm sort of like in between sobbing. Like, I think because now we're in like more of crisis mode, which mm-hmm. I thrive in. I just Absolutely. love a good trauma. Yeah. So my dad has cancer and and like now he has leukemia, but like, was it a cancer that turned into leukemia? I don't really know the ins and outs of it. He made the decision for himself yesterday that he's not going to be continuing on with chemo. So the chemo Mm. is making him really, really sick. It like it's not it's not going to cure him. It would only just prolong his life. But is it worth prolonging if you're really sick and all this stuff? But it's so tricky right now with COVID because he's allowed two visitors and they have to be like screened and approved, but only two Mm -hmm. visitors and never at the same time. So it was me. And it has and, to be the same too. Like you can't yeah, change them We around. can't swap out. Yeah. Once you've set your visitors, like that's the end of it. So it's me and his wife. And so it's just like, it's a lot because there are so many people that want to visit him and mm-hmm. want updates on him and want to know what's going on, you know, and he wants to see people, obviously, you know, like you think when you're sick mm-hmm. and you're in the hospital, like that's where people come and visit you and they bring flowers, Absolutely. And they, yeah. you know, and like, it's just, it's a very different environment right now. And um, thanks to our really great conservative government, they've cut so many healthcare jobs. It's painfully obvious how short-staffed they are. Yeah. It just sucks because, like, I know that they're overworked and overstressed and underpaid. And and then it's stressful because it's, like, only me and his wife that are able to be with him and we don't want him to be alone so we're trying to coordinate schedules and Mm -hmm. you know it's just like it's a lot to take on not only that but then you have to be the one who's like relying information to like other family members and friends and stuff like that right so that's a that's a lot of work yeah it's been really hard and it's really complicated and i am thankful for my ability to just like shut down emotionally to like get things done this association is our is our talent oh i really thrive so today we had a meeting with a palliative care coordinator and like my god does the world need more people like this it like Mm -hmm. if i believed in heaven on earth this man is just he was so kind and he came and sat with us and we had what they call a family meeting so it was me his what me my dad's wife and him oh my god i have something funny also so okay. let me finish up this real sad part and then yes, yeah yeah something funny oh totally yeah yeah and he just like he just handled it with such dignity and respect for my dad and you know like he shook my dad's hand and you know and sat right with him and you know my dad is very uh drowsy from the chemo that's left in him right now and mm-hmm. so he's able to nod and say a few things, but not very much. And oh my God, just knowing your dad, that like breaks my heart because yeah. your dad is like the biggest personality and is like the loudest guy and like the, yeah. you know, like, oh God. Yeah. He's like a showboat. He likes to talk. Yes. You know, he's very social yes. and he can not say very much and he's mm. tired. And the guy said, you know, what is, you know, what's the biggest goal here? 
for the next time, for the next phase. Mm -hmm. And he said, I just want to see people that I love. Mm -hmm. There's my sister. His mom's 90 and really wants to see him and his brothers. And when you're in the hospital, you're treating the disease first. And then Mm -hmm. comfort and dignity kind of come second, I think, because like comfort's important. But if the medicine's making you uncomfortable, it's the medicine that they need to give you to treat the disease. To keep you alive, yeah. Yeah, and like he's in a shared room and there's like boop, 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 like machines beeping all the time and lights and... You know, it's just like, and somebody comes in every hour to check your vitals and like, it's not restful. And Mm -hmm. so now, you know, the primary focus is shifting to like comfort and quality of life, making sure that he's feeling his best for the life that he Mm -hmm. has left. And I think Mm -hmm. that is like, my God, what a gift these people have. Oh, like, so he'll never like go back to his house again. Yeah. Wow, Michelle, wait a minute. No, sorry. <laughs> Fuck, though. I'm just like. Yeah, no, it's like, it's really, uh, it really sucks. It's really awful. Yeah. Oh, if it makes you feel better, I made myself cry, so. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, so, no, it just It's sucks. just the, like, reality of it, right? It's just yeah. so awful. But then, I just, like, this, all my whole intro here is about this hospital, so. And that's where you've been for the last two weeks. Yeah, I literally, just, if I'm not at work, then I'm at the hospital, and mm-hmm. sometimes I've been doing work at the hospital. Their Wi-Fi mm-hmm. is great, that is what I'll say. So he has to share a room with Ron. I know more details about Ron than I should ever know in my life. And I oh, just, like, Ron. this is that, this is, like, that dignity piece, because, like, yeah. you're in the hospital, and so I haven't seen him have a visitor, which makes me sad. Maybe they come when I'm oh. there. But Ron, I'll be on his visitor list. That's so I know. sad. I don't know what he's in for, but I know he's diabetic. Just after lunch, his blood sugar was around a six, so he wasn't going to need insulin, which is great. Okay, that's, that's pretty and good. And he did have some diarrhea earlier. And, okay. But he's been passing gas. That's great. Like, it's just, they come in and they ask all these questions, and there's nothing separating you but a curtain. And I'm just yeah. like, I feel very uncomfortable that, like, Ron has to answer all these questions that are important questions. And I'm just like sitting over here. And then on the other end, Ron is listening to my dad cry to me. Yeah. You know, oh, and I'm God. I'm like reading him messages that people are leaving on Facebook and text messages. And, you know, and my dad's really upset. And then I'm mm-hmm. upset. So now Ron is listening to like, it's just. Ron's just uh, like silently crying on the other <laughs> side of the curtain. God. It's just like, it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm like laughing, but it's terrible. This is not the same, but when I was, when, after I had Adrian, I was in yeah. a shared room and there was the girl that was in on the other side. I think she was like a teen mom and they had oh, like the no. social worker was coming <gasps> in and like all this stuff and like asking if like she felt supported and if her, fi- like her, the boyfriend, and I was like, oh my God, I should not be hearing all this stuff. Yeah. Hospitals are just not designed no. To like give privacy, you know, in, no. in whether you've given birth, dying of cancer, in for whatever Ron needs. But good news, Ron should be going home soon because they Aww. think they're going to try a fentanyl patch on him for pain management. Ron, be careful. Well, I'm worried about him. So yeah, we'll see. keep in Let's touch. A, yeah. But then yesterday I was like sitting and my dad's mostly sleeping. So I'm just sitting there mm. quietly and over the speakers. I hear code yellow, unit 57, code yellow. And that's like the unit. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? And so I'm like listening, but I don't hear anything. So then I Google, obviously. Yeah. Alberta code yellow. And it means missing patient. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, oh, oh God. No. <laughs> Kept on Ron. He was still there. My dad was still there. 
Did you look behind the curtains? Make sure no one was hiding in there? (laughs) Then 45 minutes later, I heard cancel code yellow. So 45 minutes. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Oh my gosh, they lost track of someone for 45 minutes. If you work in healthcare and understand a scenario where this might happen, please let us know. Yeah. Because I have questions, but they're understaffed, so I didn't want to be like, hi, yeah, just quickly. I what's going on here? What happened there? Yeah. What what's going on? Quick uh, update on (laughs) Yeah. Who's missing? Code yellow. Can I help? Oh my gosh. My God. Maybe you could help in some way. Maybe you could be like a candy striper. Do they have those anymore? <laughs> I don't I don't know, to be honest. Get in your little white outfit with the stripes and go around to patients' rooms and bring them joy. Yeah. Give them some of our stickers. <laughs> Ugh, men. I'm gonna give that one to Ron. And he'll be like, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Ron, none of us do. No, we don't. We don't know. Oh, Oh, man. I know. I got to co-host or like be part of another podcast this week. I know. That's so exciting. I think so. It's called it's called I always have to look it up because I mispronounce it. It's called Flops Pod and it's F-L-A-W-P-S-O-D. And they're these funny guys out of California, and they basically like they'll they'll find a, an obscure law somewhere. What's do you have a question? I don't understand the title. Flaw. Maybe it's like a play on like flawed laws. Okay. Okay. But it's a flop. Then I was thinking like faux pas, flop law. Could be. I don't, I don't know. Okay. I, we didn't get okay. into that. But okay. they're really funny. And they just talk about these obscure laws throughout the the states mostly, but we picked mm-hmm. Canadian laws for this one. So we talked about how it's illegal in the city of Edmonton to smell bad. And what? You can, yeah, you can get a ticket. It's like it, it's a law in the books that you're not allowed to have bad odor. No and, way. Yeah. And in Toronto, this one probably impacts a lot of people. You're not allowed to drag a dead horse down the street on Sundays. Oh, only on Sundays. Okay. Well, at least it's not too restrictive. Right. So Sundays, if you've got a dead horse and you need to drag that sucker. You're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait. Yeah. So (laughs) it's like we just, and then, so then we like talk about the law and then we try and come up with like reasons why it probably came into play. Like what happened. Right. Where some angry mayor was like, I have had enough of these dead horses or stinky people. On Sundays. On Sundays. Yeah. I mean, the stinky people law, I mean, I... Yeah. I could use that one, especially working where I work, working yeah. at a bank. Mm-hmm. And if someone has bad body odor, yeah. I always Might... joke that we should have when you walk in the doors, the spray comes down on you mm-hmm. like like an air freshener. Yeah, I believe it. I work at a rec center. And when the high school Ooh. kids come from next door to go to their gym class, I have never like, did I smell that bad when I was Gross. in high school? I don't know. I had a teacher in junior high that would come into our into the room and tell us how badly we smelled <gasps> and would literally Lysol spray all of us. No. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. No, you can't no. Lysol. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Well, given COVID. Yeah. Maybe that teacher can, was actually but... on to something, but, but the other thing I wanted to say. You have a lot is... to say. I do have a lot to say. I had a little to <laughs> All right. You guys, we discovered this past week. I'm obsessed with like analytics. I mm-hmm. want to know like, Who's downloading? Where are they from? When are they downloading? Do, like all the info I could gather. So I just put a little poll up because I was just curious. So we're very mm. like we are we are so close to 50,000 downloads. 
which is, I think, very good Crazy. from what I can tell. Yeah. I and think so. I think so. In like 89 countries and we're growing and all this stuff. So I thought that was pretty good. And so I put a poll and I wondered how many people download the episodes to their device mm-hmm. versus just listen using Wi-Fi or data. Sometimes I won't bother downloading it because it just plays and I'm it's using Wi-Fi. If I yeah. know I'm going to be listening while I'm driving, I'll download it and then listen to it so it's not eating up data. Yeah. Um, I was shooketh to find out that only 25% of people actually download episodes. That's crazy to me. I download all episodes because I'm always like in and out. Yeah, and you're I out always about, have, you Yeah, like and I always have a podcast on because yeah. I don't know what what episode I'm going to want to listen to like while I'm out, right? Yeah. Does Google Auto download? You can, but I don't. Oh, okay. You just download what you think you want to listen to. I just to. do them myself. Like I have certain like I probably have at least 3 every day of the week. Apple, if I follow a podcast, it'll auto download any new mm-hmm. episodes and then once mm-hmm. it's played, it removes it, but I had to set that right. up. Right. Yeah, and I can you have the option on Google to do that too. Here's what I'm saying though. If 25% of people download episodes and we have 50,000 downloaded, mm-hmm. that means that theoretically we could have close to, if everybody downloaded, we could have close to 200,000 downloads. That's insane. Y'all let that sink in. We like did a little infographic on like, why yeah. does it matter? And so I just want a little PSA because mm-hmm. a lot, most people commented saying, oh, I actually had no idea. And they didn't realize that there is actually a big impact to us if you choose to download the mm-hmm. episodes versus just listen. I don't know if you just listen to it, but if you download yeah. it, what that means is like for us to get like affiliate deals, any advertising to start monetizing our podcast, which supports the work that we do. All of that requires us to prove how many downloads per month that we get. Yes. So do it. Hit that download button. If I could be so bold to ask, if you could just download our episodes, you can delete it as soon as you listen to it. Download it, delete it. Download it, delete it. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. And like, you know, we have big lofty goals with this podcast. That would really One of our goals is going to be achieved by next week. Is it? Our 100th episode. Oh, I thought you meant 50,000 downloads. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Next week, you guys, is 100, 100th episode. <laughs> and really, if you count Patreon, that's like 150 episodes. Yeah. That's, that's so crazy. wild. That is wild that we haven't stopped. We haven't missed a week. Yeah. So we have kind of a really fun surprise for our 100th episode. Yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting. Well, speaking of exciting, should we get into today's episode? We should. I hope everybody enjoys it. I do too. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. Hello, Glow. I was going to say Caitlin. <laughs> Hello, my girl. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm doing so good. I went out to breakfast this morning to get prepared. I'm all hyped up on coffee. I'm ready to chat with my girls today. Oh, my Perfect. God. That's so nice. You're in California. Is it so nice out? Um, it's really windy to where it's a little dangerous. Oh. Um, luckily I don't drive right now. I'm not technically allowed to drive, which I'll tell you, you ladies yeah. about, but, mm-hmm. uh, I was in the car on my way to breakfast this morning and I almost got into an accident oh. because the wind was just pulling my 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 friend's car so much oh, that no. it was just getting us left and right. Yeah. So California is great, except when it's windy. Yeah. So. yeah. There is if there's one thing I cannot stand, it is wind. Yes. If it is windy and like I have shorter hair, so if it like blows, I just get 
I'm enraged. I get mad. Like, (laughs) I've I've had to, like, load groceries with my kids, and it's so windy, and I'm, like, so angry about it. It's just so frustrating. There's, like, stuff (laughs) flying all over the place. You're getting stuff in your eye. It's it's so overwhelming. You're like, I'll just stay inside today. It's fine. Like, I can't even go to work today. Sorry. It's the wind. We're so stoked to talk to you. So you go, but you go, you are Caitlin, but you go by Glow. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear, can you introduce yourself? And in that, include where did Glow come from? Because I love oh, that. I love that. Yes, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> so um, I was born Caitlin. Hello, um, but where do I even begin? My gosh, um, I always start with my age when I when I tell people like explaining I'm 28. A lot of people either think I'm from the range of like seven years old because of my high pitched <laughs> voice, or like in my early 20s, which you know yeah. I don't mind getting carded at the bar, but still, like yeah. I'm 28. You know, I've I've made it to my 30s. I think it's okay <laughs> for me to be the person I am today. Absolutely. <laughs> I live in Los Angeles. I am originally from West Virginia. I am a uh, very not country girl, but just from the backwoods. I grew up in a very isolated area. And then um, as with time went on, with life kind of went on, I moved out of West Virginia, moved to Los Angeles, moved to Florida, and then moved back to Los Angeles. Oh, wow. So yeah, it was, it's been quite the ride. Um, when I tell you never be scared to do what you want, do it. There's there's nothing that should ever stop you. And just don't don't let it stop you. Uh-huh. And I, I definitely did it. <laughs> yeah. I made a lot of great friends in that way. And it, it was really cool. So me, myself, and I, um, besides if you're listening to this and you're hearing me out just so you know, I have half pink and half blue hair. Uh, oh, my yeah, girls look, here can yeah. see it, but that's usually <laughs> how I'm identified in the streets. Is people look them up to me and I heard you, I saw you on TikTok. I'm like, oh, hey, what's oh, up? Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's so awesome. The way that I got, I got glow was uh, growing up. I've always had a very bubbly personality. I've worked a multitude of jobs. I'm telling you, I've taught gymnastics. I've sold yogurt. I've worked at American Eagle. Like there's nothing that I haven't put my hand into that. I've just tried. I've sold cars. Like I've tried to just be everywhere. So all these places though, that I found were like, especially working in the restaurant industry, were not places that were so positive. Mm -hmm. So when they go to meet me, they're like, this girl is just so happy and bubbly. Like, what do we name her? And then everyone started to call me glow. They're like, you give off such like a glow with your personality. So, so as time had went on and I had met uh, so many people, they, they started to give me that nickname. So either I go by Caitlin or I go by glow, you know, I, I let the world pick whatever they want to call me, but, uh, that's kind of how it started is that I just put up a positive perception into the world. And then that's what the world gave me as a nickname back. So that's so nice. Awesome. Well, we found, we found you on TikTok and like, I, had you just started your TikTok? Absolutely. Yes, I I did. I just looking and I was like, how do you only have, like, I think it was literally like, 200 followers, 89 followers. Mm-hmm. Like it was really low. And now I, I haven't checked recently, but it's a lot more. It's, I, I'm telling you was, I've never felt so cool in my life. <laughs> oh my in high school, I was like the quiet girl that was friends with everybody. Like, I didn't care if you were popular or not popular. Like, I was just a person that made it a point that everybody deserves a friend and I'm going to be your friend. Oh. But I was also kind of quiet. So, like, to to go from, like, oh, like, these kind of people know me. And then if you look at my Facebook, my Facebook's got, like, maybe 2,000 people on there. And I realized that was just from me moving so much, meeting people and, like, you know, introducing myself that I built that. So after 
kind of sitting on it for a while, so many things have happened in my life. So many experiences have happened in my life that eventually one day I was sitting there and I was coming out of my depression, coming out of this, uh, this visual impairment diagnosis. And I just realized like, you know what, I'm handling this a little bit better than some of the people that I've met. Why don't I put my voice out there and see if I can help some people get out of their dark spaces? Yeah. Because COVID for all of us was, su- I mean, it's still going on, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. But that first year, that big shift of change of our, our work, our school, everything with the kids, with our families, like everything is changing around us. So that was hard for everybody. Yeah. And during that time, um, not only was I quarantined, but that was actually when I got my diagnosis for my vision loss. Oh. So it was just kind of like, oh, I've got this huge change from not being able to go out and go to work and do all these other things to now I'm in Los Angeles and I'm having to see all these doctors and and we're quarantined. So during all that time, it was just, I wish I had somebody to talk to me. I wish like, I wish I could have heard somebody like myself just say, Hey, listen, like, I know you feel so alone, but I'm here for you. And I want to be here for you. That's kind of why I started the TikTok. I never thought though that that video, like I understand it's not a million views, but the fact is, is when I posted that video, I told myself, I just wanted to reach one person. If I could reach one person, just one person in this world. And even if that one person just reflects back and is me, if I can help one person understand that this change in your life, whatever it might be, seem so hard, you can make it through. I promise you, you can make it through you no matter what, like I, if I have to talk more about certain things, or if I get, if I get the opportunity to talk about certain things, like I'm going to use my voice to do that because a lot of people kind of put this, um, this perception on me, you know, that they see the pink and the blue hair and they're like, and the happy personality and like, Oh, she's so cute. She's never done a bad thing in her life. She's amazing. (laughs) Like her life's been great. And then I have to sit them down and tell them like, well, these kind of things have happened in my life. And all of a sudden it's a huge, just, you just see it in their face, a huge shift of per, of perspective. Like you're still alive. You're still here. You, you know, you, you got out of this depression, you did all of this. And I'm like, yes. And I want women, especially, I love men. Don't get me wrong. I love men too, but <laughs> I love my girls. <laughs> I love my ladies. <laughs> so I feel that uh, women, we're, we're getting our voices out there yeah. and we are just, we're finding ourselves, we're loving ourselves. And I've always loved women. I was raised by a single mother and she was my rock star. She constantly reaffirmed to me, like, be your best self, but also love yourself. Try your best to just whatever you can do in whatever situation, love yourself. So I've taken that to every single person that I've met. And maybe that's how I got glow because every person that I meet, I make it a point to tell them like, I love you. I know I don't know you. I know we're getting to know each other. Hopefully this is, this doesn't freak you out, but like, I wholeheartedly absolutely love you. Every piece of you, whether it's good or bad, I love you because you deserve to be loved. If I don't know if anyone told you today you're beautiful or that you're amazing, but you deserve to hear that. And yes, I've just, I've taken that in my life because we all deserve to hear it. I was really lucky growing up with my mom, a single mother who in the beginning, we want to jump in. If you're okay, jumping into this part of it in the beginning. So something I want to let you guys know, uh, I do identify as two different things. I identify as a, a visually impaired person. And I also identify as a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. So when I was a child uh, from five to 10, unfortunately, uh, and this is a story that I'm finding more and more and more throughout my life, 
uh, I had a parent figure, a stepdad, who just didn't, wasn't great. And during that time, not only the way that your mentality gets built when that happens, uh, just so many wrong things that happen like in your adulthood that carry over into your adulthood, like people pleasing, for example, I'm a huge people pleaser. It really, it really damages you. It really puts you down. Uh, So when I told my mom at 12 years old, everything stopped. My entire world stopped. To her, I'll never thank her. Everything that I do in this life is absolutely for her because the day that I told her, she just, she stopped everything. Uh, We were on the way to the store to get candy. And I remember just saying it was a really rainy day and she's having this conversation and she's telling me that this actually happened to her from a family member. And so I get that courage in that second to say, Hey mom, I'm really sorry, but this happened. She just looks at me and I honestly, I will never forget the look that she gave me because I, I can't, I'm not a parent yet in life. I can only imagine what it would feel like to experience that yourself, even not experiencing that yourself and seeing or hearing those words come out of your child's mouth, especially when it's somebody you're married to. I remember her looking at me and she just said, I'll do anything for you, Caitlin. Uh, Once we get home, I'm going to call the police and uh, we're going to take care of this. And I just, I just remember like crying my eyes out because I I was crying because of relief, you know, of of telling this secret that I've held on to for literally years now. This this has happened for years. And the only reason that I know for a fact he stopped was because puberty was slowly starting to start and that he was scared that he would eventually get me pregnant, right? To to have this this huge secret and just that relief that came from telling her, but also the other half of me was just in my head and I and I've went through therapy, you know, I've I've understood these things, but the other half of you thinks of what is about to happen. Yeah. Because obviously now my family's about to change. This is my little sister's dad. This is uh this is a, a prominent figure. This is somebody who helps pay the bills. Like my life is about to change and it did. It got so much worse for the past for the next three years after that. Oh. The news, this let's start with them. The news announced it completely inappropriate. And they're lucky I I don't talk more about them, but they released it on the news. I guess they didn't have a better story to tell that day. People knew who my stepdad was. So therefore, when I went to school, there were kids that came up to me and made fun of me. Uh, They bullied me. They said just really nasty, bad things about me. And I was just a kid. To be already dealing with that, it just, it was really hard. As I'm going through school, um, I eventually have to get homeschooled because I have to go to court multiple times, have to go to therapy. My mom is now a single mom working three jobs to support me and my sisters. I could watch her every day just the life draining out of her because she was working so much and then also trying to take me to these therapy appointments and to these court appointments till eventually I just lied to my therapist and I told her like, Hey, I'm okay. I learned at such a young age how to do the mask to put the mask on. Life Mm -hmm. is great. This is okay. Like everything's going to be cool. And so they, they signed me off. They said, Oh, she's fine. She's dealing with this just fine. She's good to go send her back into the world. So that way my mom could, you know, go back to work and I could continue on. It wasn't probably until I want to say age 15, I lost my best friend to cancer. So I had a a best friend that I was actually in love with all throughout uh, middle school. 
he was like the hottest boy at the time, you know, like, hello, sir. Had a, had yeah. the tight jeans and the t-shirt and just like pale as Edward Cullen, like, hello, honey. He was gorgeous. And he had a twin. I was like, oh my gosh, win a win a chicken dinner. And yeah. um, I was I was, ooh, I was so about him. I remember about three days after after my birthday, I got this phone call from the one that my best friend who was dating his twin, and she just she told me she, she's like, hey, glow, he's gone, and I'm like, it's this my I just what do you my birthday was like three days ago, like what do you I just saw him not that long yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. He had a uh, Burkitt's lymphoma and the bone marrow. He had like three different bone marrows at that point, and uh, it just didn't work. That really circled back on my trauma. That day in the high school, I just, I, I remember slamming my locker and I, we had a therapist on campus and I ran to the therapist and I just unloaded on her. I was like, I haven't been to therapy. This is what my life has been. Da, 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 da. And she was just so taken back. Like, how are you smiling today? How are you okay? And I'm like, I, I don't think I'm okay anymore. I thought that I was okay. I don't think I'm okay anymore. A little bit before this, I had one last court date and he did go to jail for maybe like three, four months. Oh they dropped God. my case. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. They dropped my case. I'm very disappointed in the state of West Virginia for that. I think that's, that's terrible. They let him go and he went to a family that had little girls. And uh, to this day, uh, he's still free. It was just kind of like, it was like, okay, life's getting a little better now. Life's not getting so great. Mm-hmm. So continue on. Uh, I just kept, I divulged into work. If I was like, if there's one thing that I can control in my life, it's how much money I can make and how hard I'm willing to work. So I just kept picking up job after job, anything I could do to try to help my mom out. Life was going great, ladies. Life was going so great. I, I bought a car. I was getting promotions. I had my apartment. I saved up enough money for my house. Like we're talking the the great part of my 20s was like the great part of the 20s. Yeah. Like I was doing everything that they told me to do, you know, like America says, like go to school and get a house. And I, I did all of that. Like I, I made it a point so that up until this point in my life, I would have it all. Age 20, 26, I was driving my dashboard. It lights up white. I was driving home from, I was going to cosmetology school full-time and then also uh, working at a pharmaceutical company full-time. My dashboard is blue. And I'm thinking in my head, that this is white. I know this is white. This is supposed to be white. This is blue. Like completely inverted. If yeah. you've ever seen like an inverted yeah. filter, yeah. that's exactly what it looked like. I'm like, okay, this is, maybe I'm just tired, right? Maybe I'm just, maybe there's just something not connecting there. So I go to the eye doctor, tell the eye doctor, like, I'm finding like, it's really weird, but eye boogies and she's like oh floaters I'm like oh okay eye boogies (laughs) so I'm like I'm I'm seeing more of these like I'm not really wearing more makeup than what I usually would like I feel like this is kind of weird so she gives me that test where you know they put the finger out and they tell you can you see these numbers this number this number and I could see everything so I was like yeah I, I can see it she goes oh well you maybe you're just tired um maybe you need new contacts maybe this maybe that and I'm like okay I continue on with life. I'm I'm running constantly here, there, here, there, until I become the salon manager of my school salon. As I'm walking through, giving everybody their duties, hey, you're doing a great job. Let me tell you this. This client's here to see you. All of a sudden, bam, smack into this huge pole, oh my hard God. on. And so everybody starts laughing and, you know, I'm one to laugh at myself. So I'm like, ah, how could I not see this? But then when I got by myself, I literally think like, oh, how how did did I not not see see this? this? Yes. And a few months later, 
I'm walking through my house and all of a sudden I smack into a cabinet and I'm like, oh, this is so frustrating. Like, I, I don't have time to smack into cabinets right now. And it hurts. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, it's like, there's two parts of me going in the pain and then the pain of being late for everything else. I, get, I hit this cabinet and I'm like, okay, at this point, there's something wrong with me. There's, there's got to be something wrong. So I graduate, I get my cosmetology license. And luckily, uh, I have a family member who owns a salon in California. So I thought, okay, I'm at the point in my life where I've made enough connections. I've made enough friends here. I was living in Florida at the time. I need to grow. I'm a huge person about growth, no matter how uncomfortable that is. I believe you've got to push yourself to where your mental capability can take it. I moved out to California to be my own boss, to start making my own income. And as I'm doing this, I tell my dad like, hey, do you care if I see your eye doctor out here? Because I've seen him before, he's a super nice guy. It's like, yeah, yeah, let's go see him. He's in Costco. I love Costco doctors, they're the best, <laughs> just saying. Do you, do you guys have Costco yeah. in Canada? Yeah, you know what we, we don't do. have okay, though? We yeah. don't have Sam's Club. Yeah, I wish we had Sam's Club. And That's we don't fine. have Sam Target. Walton, Walmart, you don't need them. Yeah, okay. No, we did for like That's... a year and it did not go well. And then oh, they took really? them all away. Yeah. The worst oh my gosh. And they left you with Costco. Uh, I mean, yeah. I love Costco. Yeah. But... Not the same. <laughs> Costco. Not the same. <laughs> I, uh, I went to this eye doctor in Costco. He told me, hey, for like an extra 30 bucks, I can take you a, a really in-depth picture of your retina. Would you maybe want to see? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm having some weird stuff happen. He takes this picture of my eye. And I've met this guy probably like three or four times throughout the years. He comes back with this very calm demeanor. And if I've learned anything in my life, anytime somebody comes back in the room with a calm demeanor, it's just like, especially with my personality being so like, hey, ha, ha. Yeah. When somebody comes back in the room with a calm demeanor, you know, there's, there's not great news attached oh, to that. No. So he sits me down. And he goes, before we go over these pictures, uh, let's do a visual field test real quick. Let's, let's do this eye test. And I'm like, okay, cool. All right. Uh, don't look away from my finger and I'm going to hold up some numbers here. And I'm like, okay. So he holds up the fingers and he's like, uh, how many numbers are holding up? I, I look at him, look at him and say, uh, I can't see anything. And he's like, oh, okay. And he, what about down here? Can you see it? I can't see anything. And he keeps going around in a circle asking me. And just each time he's asking me, I'm getting closer and closer to crying. And I'm hurting so bad because my realization is coming. I have no peripheral vision. Yeah, oh my gosh. So after he, uh, he does that, he goes, I want to go over these pictures with you, but I'm an optometrist. An ophthalmologist is who diagnoses medical eye diseases. A retinal specialist is the one who specializes in your retina. And I'm like, okay. He goes, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but uh, it looks like you may perhaps have a genetic eye disease. I looked at him and I said, there's no way. Nobody in my family wears glasses. Nobody in my family has ever lost their vision. Everyone has perfect 20-20 vision. There's no way. And he's like, unfortunately, Glow, this is a real thing. He shows me these pictures of my eye. In my eye, if you ever look at your retina, it's got like all of this kind of fluid around it. And you'll see all these little blood vessels that go and connect into your eye. On my picture, there's all these little black dots. We call them macules. They're scar tissue. The scar tissue is in all of where my peripheral vision would be. And some of the dots are on my blood vessels, which means they're blocking my retina from getting the protein that it needs to stay alive. Oh, no. On both your eyes? On both on my both. eyes. Oh. On both of them. Yep. So I'm a, I'm a huge Googler. I Google everything. Yeah. So I, I take the information he gives me and from what I see, and I'm like, okay, let's Google this. Like this, 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 is this. I spend hours on Google to finally retinitis pigmentosa. That's what that's called, retinitis pigmentosa. After this, it's the waiting game. And the waiting game is probably the, uh, I, I, 
your healthcare system, I think it, it's, you guys might understand this a little bit more, how you have to wait a little bit longer sometimes mm-hmm. to get, uh, to get doctor's point. Is that how it works? Yeah. Like yeah. it doesn't cost us anything, but that means there's more of a wait list. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I here, I uh, went through something a little bit similar because I went on state insurance, which that was the first time I'd ever experienced being on state insurance and what a change in personalities and doctors. I've never felt so low oh, than no. I have at this point. And it kills me because it makes me think like, if I, if I'm going through this, I can't imagine all of the people who come through with different things that are also on state insurance and get treated like this. Yeah. Not all my doctors were mean, but like a good chunk of them just wanted to sign me off, fill my insurance and send me out the door. Just so no bedside manner, just get her out of my way. And for me being such a happy person, like, let me make your day better. And somebody to treat me like that, especially with something so sensitive as my eyes basically dying. It didn't change my perception on the world, but it definitely made me look at it a little bit differently. I met with these doctors. I had to wait though, because state with state insurance, you do have to wait longer, which is fine. I'm like, it's fine. I'm not paying out the butt in medical yeah. bills right now. So I'll wait. That's fine. But every day that you're waiting, you're just researching more, trying to figure this out. What do I see? What do I not see? Finally, as I get these appointments, I have to meet. It takes probably about like eight months to get finally the last doctor's diagnosis. You have retinitis pigmentosa. You have no peripheral vision. I cannot tell you how long you have left with your vision. The one question I wanted to answer, can you please just tell me how much time I have left? The disease is, it's too variable. Some people, they can have it for uh, a few years. Uh, Some people lose it much, much more quickly. Some people have it until they're anywhere from 40 to 60. And I'm like, okay. But the fact of the matter is I plan to live to be a hundred. I don't care what anyone says. I'm going to be a hundred years old. I'm speaking it into existence. Yeah. So you're telling me that there's a possibility I'll have to live 40 years without any vision. And I, and so then as a 28 year old America, you taught me, I have to work and get a college degree and buy a house. And so now you're telling me that, that everything I worked so hard for, it's maybe still there in, in, in essence, but it's just not the way that we all pictured it. So I'm thinking in my head, like now I can't see, I don't have kids right now. Like I can't see them grow old. I won't see my partner grow old. I won't see what I look like growing old. In a way, I've now changed my perspective to, uh, you know, like being very sad about it. Like, oh gosh, like I would really love to see my kids get old. But then now with the emergence of TikTok, talking with people, joining support groups, being a speaker for women that in trauma and for visual loss, visual impairment, I've realized that I won't get to see myself grow old. I won't get to see myself grow old. <laughs> I'm technically young forever. Yeah. What do we mean? Okay, forget Botox. I won't even have to do that now because I won't even see myself. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if we could say Benjamin buttoned myself, but like a little bit because yeah. now I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Like I'm sorry, everybody else. You guys got to say we. Everybody's got to see each other grow old, but I won't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm totally. I'm okay with that. So that's, that's what it's happened is that in this past year, you know, it's a lot of people think that I don't get depressed. I don't get sad. I don't. And I absolutely do. I absolutely have my days where I just, I'm so low on the ground. Like, you know, why did this happen to me as a kid? Why is this happening to me as an adult? Like, was the first thing not hard enough? Like you have to throw another one at me. It made me realize like, I'd rather it be me. Because I've met so many people that have went through both of uh, either or either one of these traumas. I haven't met someone who's went through both yet. But the thing that I've realized the most consistently is they they just need somebody like me to say it's going to get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Today's not that sunny. It's a little bit dreary. 
but the sun's going to come back out. And I'm going to be that person to talk you through. I feel like a, a lot of things with motivational speakers, especially is, um, have you ever heard of Tony Robbins? Yeah. Have you heard that name before? Oh, yeah. Yes. So I heard, I know he's huge. I heard he's, he's really huge. And I personally haven't ever listened to him, but I know a lot of people that just live off of his words. And I thought about that and I was like, you know what? That makes sense because sometimes when we hear a friend's advice, it goes in one ear and it goes out the other. But sometimes when you've got three different friends that take their life experiences and speak that same advice to you just in their own words, one of those people, it's probably going to come in your ear and it's going to just stay there and you're going to be able to understand it. But the reason you're not, you're not able to comp- not comprehend, but get what the other people are saying is because they're not speaking it in the way that relates to you. Yeah. And that's what I want. I want these, these women, again, I love my men. I do. My, my bros are my guys, you know, guys are great. But women, we have been put into this, this box of you can only do so many things and, and you pay inequality. Like you have to stay home and you can only stay home. It's like, listen, why do we, why do we make it sound like that? We should celebrate the women that stay home and take care of the children. Why are we not? Why do we look down on that? That's to me, that's terrible. They're taking care of, have you ever taken care of kids? They're crazy they break stuff they lick stuff they like they're awesome but like they're crazy like do you want to watch the kid for 12 hours like we need to be celebrating what these women do whether they're in the corporate office absolutely killing it or they're at home absolutely killing it Mm -hmm. every single woman here has a voice whether they're a trauma survivor whether they're not a trauma survivor whether for me, I identify as bisexual. I love women. I just, I do. I think the human soul is the most beautiful thing that has been created. Yeah. <laughs> there's even women like that. They have, they have such a hard time. And I'm also a woman in cannabis. And I know there's a lot of stigma around that as well. There are a lot of women who are so scared to partake outside of wine and use cannabis because they're scared of what's this guy going to say or what's society going to say about me? Like, no, you should be able to relax the way that you are able to relax the same with a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. As long as you're being safe about it and you're coherent, then you should be allowed to do whatever you want. It's not just some lazy person. It's the same with, with trauma victims. A lot of people think that these trauma victims are kids coming out of uh, like trailer homes and things like that. And I'm like, buddy, if you would have seen my, I mean, my house wasn't that nice, but like I I came from a suburban somewhat kind of house we all look differently. We have these stories and we we're all people. We all have a chance. You can't just say that this is, oh, it's, it's in West Virginia because that's where all the country people are. I went to Florida. I went to California. I've been to Texas, Alabama. I've been to almost all 50 States. And I can tell you, I've met a woman that has had this happen to her from almost every single state. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to talk about it. The only time we're now talking about it is because the Jeffrey Epstein case is coming out. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm very, very glad that's coming out. Very glad. But there's more than just what the celebrity rich yeah, man has mm-hmm. done. There are uncles. And it happens to men, too. That's another thing. Yeah. It happens to men. But it, but it's that you you notice it. That's yeah. that awareness of it. That it's not people just want to put a face on it. Oh, it's the poor that it happens to. No, it's not. It is the wealthy. It is the middle class. It is every person out there. Something like this is happening to somebody that they know. It breaks my heart that I've met so many people that even if it hasn't happened to them, they know someone that it's happened to. And that person has either been so scared to tell their story or vice versa. Like me, they did tell the police they had, they went in for this interviewing. They had the news announce their story and they still, what justice is being served? None. It kills me. Yeah. So that's why I, uh, I went to TikTok because I told myself, 
again, even if it's just one woman, one man, one child, one human, if I can let them know that they're not alone and that you can go through these things and become something, you absolutely will. And I will not stop until I make some type of impact in both of these industries. If you lose your vision, life is not over. Yeah. It is, if anything, it's became so beautiful. I dance in front of my house five to 10 minutes a day. My neighbors think I'm insane, <laughs> but guess what? <laughs> no peripheral vision can't see my haters. So <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> It's just how you gotta, it's, it's all about perception for me. And I hope that, that TikTok, Instagram, all of these social media platforms, I'm going to use them to the best of my ability because yeah. even, um, a lot of my CSA childhood sexual abuse, uh, a lot of my content actually gets muted by TikTok because they don't want that to be out in the public. They don't want Facebook the same. They don't want that out there in the public, yeah. but I'm like, you, you're silencing the people yeah. Yeah. on top of that visual impairment and blind there's such a stigma of like, oh, feel bad for them because life is so hard. And it's like, no, celebrate them. Yeah. Every single time that I pop my little cane out, at which again, a lot of visually impaired and blind people think, fully blind, think that uh, you're not scared to use your cane. Are you kidding me? I'm a freaking celebrity, okay? <laughs> I already have like pink and blue hair people notice me. The minute they see that cane, I am walking through the grocery store. All of a sudden, I've got four people ready to help me. Uh, normal people don't get that treatment. Yeah, I'm sorry, normal people true. just don't get that treatment. <laughs> yeah. I just get instant celebrity. Yeah, that's amazing. I get to board the plane first. It's just, it's crazy to me because a lot of us are so scared to, to ask for help because we've been taught, don't ask for help. Do it yourself. Be strong-willed, right? No, it's not that. You should be able to ask for help. And I think that's the same with mental health. They say it's such a stigma of like, oh, you ask this, you see a therapist, you're crazy. No, you're not. Oh, you're, God, you're asking yeah. for somebody to speak the same language as you. That's it. You're yeah. asking for somebody to help. You need a friend. That's completely understandable. Hopefully we'll just, uh, we'll keep, we'll keep growing from here. I did. I haven't stopped. I actually reopened my case from my childhood. It took me Good. age 28 to get the courage. Yeah. But it, I wish uh, I might record a video on this one day, just so you can see, because I can very easily recreate the, how badly this hurt. I actually got the court documents uh, to see what had happened. And I got that paperwork the day before Christmas. Ugh. It was not a great Christmas. I, I cried my eyes out because I didn't cry my eyes out just because of why they dropped the case, which was absolutely ridiculous. It was, they said that he was not indicted within a year, which is a lie. He absolutely was. We had everything, I mean, on a very steady schedule because they make you go into detail what happened and then to read his statement. And I don't know why I, I to this day, I really just, I don't know why this bothers me so much, but he lied. He, he lied. He said that it didn't go as far as what I said it did. And then I made up a big part of it. I just couldn't, I was like, you could, you really, you couldn't have just told the truth. Like I get it. You yeah. didn't want to be in, in prison, but you did something wrong. Yeah. Like you did something so wrong. And I believed that, that you really felt like you did something because I ended up seeing him age 13 when he was out and he came to my house to come get my little sister. And he asked if he could hug me. <gasps> oh my God. And that's probably the, girls, I can't even tell you. It's a, uh, it's, it's a very mentally bad thing mm -hmm. because me, I want to love people and I have so much love to yeah. give and I want to forgive to see this person just tears in their eyes. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I did this to you. 
And for me to just so uncomfortably hug them and think that they really are sorry, they have this true remorse. And then to read in this police report, that was all bullcrap. That was not even, that was not real. That was a lie. I'm not done. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not done fighting for these women. I'm not done. You know, if I can't, if I can't save five-year-old glow, I'm going to save five-year-old, whoever else that is. I'm going to save two-year-old, 10-year-old, 15-year-old. I'm going to save them all. And people think that, you know, they hear my dreams and the things that I want to build because I do want to open a cannabis farm where I can have women of domestic violence live on the farm, because that's another thing. A lot of women do go missing um, or, bad things happen to them working in the cannabis industry. I don't want that. I want women to have the freedom to go to work and feel safe and that they're okay and they could be away from their abusers. So my big dream is to open up a cannabis farm that I can have them have tiny houses on, houses for their children. Like I want to build a community of women and young men, we can take care of them and we can help rebuild these humans and put them back into society with a clearer mind and a better mental state so that they can be like me and use their voice. To me, there should never be a a number one. Number one is a figment of somebody's imagination or some perception. There's no, in my mind, there's no number one. We're all number one. The only thing that's stopping us is sharing information from each other. And as a hairstylist, especially, I can tell you every client, every student, every person that I meet, employee, teammate, like I teach them everything that I know because you deserve to be the best that you can be. Who am I to be the best that I can be if I'm not sharing that skill with you too? You deserve to be the best person that you can be. So if I help you outside of your trauma, if I help you deal with vision loss, if I help you with being a better hairstylist, I am here to help people in general and promote this movement of love. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is what it comes down to is love. There are so many of, of us that have went through this quarantine of just being so alone and wanting somebody there. I'm here to love you. I understand. I don't know you. I understand that we just met. I wholeheartedly love you because I know you're a beautiful human being. Even all your flaws, all of your positives, your pros and your cons, I'm here to love you. So that's what it's going to keep doing. I'm going to keep using my voice. I am here for you. I am ready to build you up. If you need me, I am your friend. I am here to listen. I will dedicate as much time as I can to you. It's time for us to start leading with our heart and breaking those stigmas. Stop letting society tell you what you need to be, who you need to love, what you need to identify as. You be whoever you want to be, okay? We are all beautiful human beings with beautiful human experiences. Let's share those and become a collectively better society. so that we can keep helping everybody across the board across the world yeah that's all that my my mission is and if I if I become a millionaire at 100 years old I made it yeah did I not just make it I might be 100 yeah I might have to be on a yacht just barely hanging on with my cane and my drink in my hand but I mean listen buddy I made it so it's okay oh my (laughs) god I just want to keep teaching people that is just Let's just keep keep promoting love. That's yeah, it. That's I what I hope that. TikTok I use. I, I can use TikTok as it's at the beginning. If you watch it, you'll see I tell everyone the same thing. I dedicate my weekdays to trying to film better content <laughs> and to try to cover all the little buckets that I'm putting my hands yeah. into. We've said it a bunch. That's what's great about TikTok because there's a community for everybody. Yeah. If you've experienced something, yes. no matter how obscure, there's a community about it on TikTok. TikTok can get a bad rep and my God, it's addictive because I often get those videos of somebody being like, whoa, whoa, you've been scrolling for a while. And I'm like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah. 
But I think, yeah, there is such a need in this world for that global community of finding people that can relate to you or that you can relate to them because like this world is hard and this life is hard. And when you can be connecting to somebody across the globe that that would have never met you otherwise. Yeah. That can hear your Uh message and that can feel your positivity and your love. And that could be the person who you save. Right. And and that's just our message too, you know, just getting these stories out to people that we can reach people from anywhere. Yeah. It's so great to hear these messages because I'm a widow. I've been a widow for almost three years and it's so, it's so hard. But then to hear, you know, other people's experiences and stories and it gives me, and kind of what you were saying about advice from people who get it, you know, I want to be able to share my advice because I haven't really run into a widow with five children trying to survive. Like, exactly. What was it like telling people in your world about your diagnosis? Oh, it was uh, very chaotic because I am, again, known as a very like, ah, life is great and positive. Everything's like cool. And then uh, you tell people and just instantly they're just so sad. And, you know, you have to you have to try to not be sad for them. Right. Like you, you have to try to keep that brave face of like it's like you just it's almost like it's happening to them. So now you've got you've got to kind of like grief hug them, you know, like come come here like it's going to be it's going to be okay. And, and you really have to show that huge amount of love. You have to take yourself out of the situation and just kind of take care of them. And mentally, it's just, it's not always the easiest because it's kind of like a trigger, like you're okay with it, but then they're not okay. And then they're crying and you're trying to not cry. So you're trying to keep that, that stable mind, but also a piece of you is like, well, this is, this is a little hard. So as times went on, it's gotten a lot easier. I think the hardest thing, though, is, is probably my family. My mom's side absolutely has been so supportive. She told me, whatever you need, wherever you, whenever you need to talk, anything that I can help provide for you, I'm here for you. I've got you. I did recently. My dad and I started probably getting to know each other more when I was 18. I moved into his house here telling him I am half Mexican. I'm half Danish, half Mexican. This, I believe part of this comes from the culture. Another part of it comes from the generation. A bunch of it comes from his own life experiences, but my dad did not want to accept that. Anytime that he hears the words, um, I'm going blind or I'm having trouble with my vision or anything like that, he just automatically dismisses it and says like, that's not happening to you. Or you know, you're not blind yet. And like, like hearing those words specifically is probably the most painful thing that I can hear. And again, that's another stigma. And I've, I've heard a lot of visually impaired people have these things spoken to them. When you lose even just a piece of your vision, it is so hard because again, besides walking into cabinets and tripping on wet floor signs, right? That's annoying. It's hard because your whole world is, you've got to learn to do things differently now. Like, like forget about the future. You know, we've already cried, been upset about that, but now everything I do is different. I have to retrain up until now what I've learned, how to do life. I now have changed. Um, I'm slowly changing the way that I do my makeup because even though I have a, I have tunnel vision, I have a, a part of my vision now, the day that if I do fully lose my vision, I want to know where to feel, how to blend. If I lose my color, and it's another reason people ask, you know, why are you so colorful? Because I might lose my color one day. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things of retinitis pigmentosa is you lose peripheral uh, or central vision first. One of them goes first. 
then you have night blindness, light sensitivity. I can't be outside in the sun for too long, which I love to go hiking. It gets me really bad migraines. And then you lose your color and then you're fully vision lost. If I'm going to be, if, if that's what might be in my future, if that's even a possibility, then I'm going to go see everything that I want to see. I'm going to be as colorful as I want to be because I deserve to have that in my life. Yeah. To hear like someone kind of just like brush that off, like, oh, you know, you're, you're not blind. You're not fully blind. You're not going to this. It, it just, it's, it's very, it's very painful because especially coming from a parent or a friend, like these people, you trust them with, with talking to them and, and expressing that sensitive state of mind. And then for them to just dismiss it, it just, it, it hurts really bad. So it's something that I've had to come to terms with him and I, we work on it all the time. Um, I think he's trying to come to terms with it, but even to this day, he tells me, you know, you're not, you're not fully blind. You're fine. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, sir. Okay, like yeah. that's really at that point, you know, there's only so much you can you can go back and forth with somebody yeah. before you're like, okay, like let's just it, because at that point you're divulging your time and energy yeah. into something that is not going to get you that that feedback that you'd like. So you just kind of stop yourself and say, okay, it it hurts, but am I going to let myself stand here and keep getting hurt, or am I going to walk forward and find other ways to make me feel better? What other ways can I grow myself? And that's what I do. I just walk, I walk away. Luckily, I have another half of my family extremely supportive. They're all like, oh, she's like the blind kid in the family. It's totally fine. That's how they introduce me now. Yeah. So my mother, every time she's a teacher, she'll bring me into her school and she'll be like, hey guys, oh, go ahead and put your backpacks in. My kid's definitely going to trip over them. I'm like, oh mom, please God. don't tell people that. And she's like, she's like, don't worry, don't worry. Listen, can one of the kids, because she teaches, uh, she's also a hairstylist and she's like, can one of the kids cut your hair? I mean, if they'd like do it in the back, you won't really see it anyway. So I mean, it'll be fine, oh right? And I'm God. like, mom, please stop making these jokes. These are terrible. But it's, it brings humor, you know? Yeah, it brings humor. Yeah. I, I tell people like, we can either laugh or we can cry about it. What are we going to do? Like, let's laugh about it. Let's make it normal. Let's talk about how like visual impairment people have these struggles so that we can help them. Yeah. The more that we talk about these people, we're investing more in cures. We're investing more in technology to help the fully, uh, the fully blind and the people that are visually impaired. Like we're helping all these people by talking about it, but also we're not making everybody feel so awkward. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. it's the worst feeling to like, feel like, they're like, ah, oh, she's blind. I went on a date actually yesterday, which that's a whole series I'll be doing on TikTok <laughs> dating while you're blind. Oh my God. Having that conversation of like, hey, you're really cute, but eventually I might not be able to see you. <laughs> and they're like, oh, like, what do you mean? Like, you don't want to go on a second date? And I'm like, no, like, actually, I might not be able to see you. But if you're cool with that, like, I'm a great person. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole new thing. I've gotten great responses from some people gotten some not so great responses from people, but it's all just a life experience. It keeps adding into that bucket that I'm filling up. And it feels so good because the things that the ways that I put myself out there and I be brave and, and try these things, there are other people out there who are wanting to do the same thing. And I believe in my head, I could be wrong, but I feel pretty right that if I keep putting myself out there and doing these things for people, speaking out, trying these things, they're going to do the same thing. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that. That somebody who is visually impaired or that has went through trauma, that has went through any part of just a, a life-altering event can hear like, oh, she tried this. 
all right, I mean, I guess I can, I can go ahead and I, I can try this too. Like yeah. what's going to hurt? I'm glow made it and she's still alive. Like <laughs> that doesn't mean though, like don't go on Craigslist and find dates. Like don't do that. That's <laughs> dangerous, obviously. But yeah. like, <laughs> but like put, put yourself out there and try something new. Try that new job. I, I worked in corporate with no degree. And the only way that I got to work up on the sixth floor with the executives was because I spent every lunch and every break going to different departments, shaking people's hands, introducing myself. It made me understand of where everybody comes from the different walks of life life experiences yeah. happens to a variety of people everyone deserves their voice and this deserves to be normalized not made fun of I was bullied so much growing up for my weight for my acne for what happened to me as a child I am surprised sometimes I am surprised when I look back that I made it this far that I'm still the fact that I'm grieving I'm like I made it yeah and to think that there's there's people out there that that went through that they get bullied for who they are. It's just like, why are we doing this guy still? Why are we still at yeah. this this popularity game of like putting other people down? It's it's not right. Let's keep bringing awareness. You know, let's keep talking about these things. That's why I listen to your show. It's so funny. I listen to it in the shower now. It like everyone pauses. They'll hear it in my house. I live with a bunch of other people, <laughs> and they're like, "Are you on the phone in the shower?" And I'm like, "No, no, those are my girls." <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my god. Okay, because we thought you were on the phone and the show. No, 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 no. I have a little speaker and that's, yeah. that's what's playing the show right now. Oh my god. But I love it because I I can't drive anymore. I'm not, I'm legally not allowed to drive. Uh, that part hurts a little bit too. I, in 2020, I bought a, a Kia Forte. Oh. In, in the other half of 2020, they told me I couldn't drive it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, can you take the car back? No, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'll just keep making payments. I guess, and that's literally every single day. I just look outside at that car. Man, I would love to sell you, but I took on so much negative equity oh. and I sold cars, which makes it even yeah, worse. I'm like, no. <laughs> But it's out there, you know, if anything ever happens, if y'all know anybody that needs a 2020 Kia Forte that they're going to have to overpay for, hey, hey, blows your girl, I'll sign the car for you even. Like, I don't know if that's that adds value to it, maybe not. But like, I will be the person that to to offer it because it just, it sits out there. You should just convert it into like a little getaway space. You can listen to your podcast in it. Sit back, get a little bridge. That would be a good idea. Oh, see, now it's like pimp my ride. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's gonna be like, oh, that's the glow mobile. <laughs> yeah. She can't drive it, she's not mobile, but yeah. she, that's the glow mobile. Just come on in. Like, that's that's another thing of glow sesh is uh, a sesh. What is a sesh exactly, right? Like, what is it? Like, usually when we hear sesh, it's, it's just strictly cannabis related. For me, I want to use my beauty degrees and the experiences that I have to make you feel good. That's Aww. why it's called a glow sesh. It is your time to be with me, whether I'm doing your hair, whether we're just sitting down and chatting, if we're having a sesh, like I want to hear you and feel you and just let's make you feel good. Let's make you, let's celebrate you. Wouldn't it be amazing if you had your own personal cheerleader just on demand? Can you imagine? Just like, I just need a pick me up. Life is, life is hard on me today. Can somebody please don't overwhelm me with positivity, but can somebody just please tell me I'm beautiful today? Someone please tell me that I'm an incredible human being. 
Call me. I'm here. I'm 100% here. I'll tell you in detail how amazing you are. I promise it's all authentic and genuine. I'm not just putting it out there like it's the truth. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's going to continue to be. Uh, I hope. That's what I hope. Have you heard of Molly Burke? Uh, yes, Molly is my girl. I haven't met her. I have not met her. She's kind of like the celebrity to me. Because like, she's in California, right? I is look she in her. L.A.? She is in California. I believe she is in L.A. I, uh, in she, LA. I have not crossed back with her. I'm almost positive she is because I've watched some of her YouTube videos. Yeah. And uh, man, can I tell you that I've never felt like such a nerd watching Molly because I feel she's so cool. Like, I'm such a fan of her. Like, I try to not overwatch her because I don't want to not take her style, but like right. mimic exactly what she's doing. You yeah. know, I want to identify as myself. I think Molly Burke is like the coolest girl ever. Like the, the way that she teaches people about things, the way she teaches her perspective of life. Like I want to be a glow version yeah. kind of of her. Because she has the same condition as you, right? Yes. Yeah. She has recognized she, it and she has went fully blind. Yeah. By the age of 14, I think. Exactly. It's really cool how she teaches the world about how she lives. And yeah, she like did a series on dating and getting her guide dog. Uh -huh. and Is that something that you uh -huh. would do? Like, would you consider getting a guide dog? So I've thought about this. I have a German Shepherd right now. Uh, I have a German Shepherd and I have four Chihuahuas. Could you train all five of them? <laughs> I wish I could. And then you'd just Honestly, be down the street with all five. Yeah. yeah. Doing a different fast. <laughs> that would make Can a good video. Can you just see me like walking down like my little cane and my, my, my posse of Chihuahuas. Yeah. Like every person in my life right now has a role and the Chihuahuas, they're getting that one too. Like, I would get a guide dog. I want one really bad but two things have prevented me uh number one I don't want to take a guide dog from which I know there's a lot of guide dogs out there but I don't want to take a guide dog from somebody who is more progressed than me right. that needs the dog more so that would be number one and then number two I had four chihuahuas unfortunately last year my German shepherd attacked one of my chihuahuas and I lost a chihuahua Aww. I can't like I know people are like euthanize a dog I'm not going to do that I'm yeah. sorry like I, I, I can't that's a, to me that's another human soul like yeah. I, I can't after that happened I told myself I can't introduce another dog until I either get her this dog is she's like two years old but she's still an at heart a puppy yeah. and oh, yeah. until I can get her kind of set up I just I won't welcome another dog in the property yeah. I, I don't want to take the risk I don't want to get anybody hurt so I'm gonna wait for my guide dog but that's why I started mobility and orientation I have a uh, my central vision remaining it's pretty good so I taught myself that or told myself that listen if we can get ahead of the game let's get ahead yeah, of the game for sure I'm in orientation and mobility like once uh once a month basically once once a month or once every it was once a week now I think it's once a month because everything that I learn I can teach other people yeah. And everything that I learn, I can keep teaching myself over and over that if I ever do go fully blind, boom, I'm already ahead of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's just no, there's no stopping at this point. You yeah. know, if, if you've got the gift today, a vision, do everything you can with it. Go see whatever you want to see. I stopped working and I started traveling. Oh. Had like $10,000 that I saved my entire life for in my bank account to buy my first house. It's gone. Yeah. And that's okay. Because uh, now my living situation is completely different. But I've been able in this past year to go to Mexico, Hawaii, Florida. At some point, I drove across the country with a friend. This was um, very dangerous, and it was before I was told not to drive. So 
after I found out once I was not supposed to drive, I was like, oh, I wasn't supposed to drive across the country. Well, I, uh, <laughs> Ooh, not going to slide that one to my doctor. I apologize for that. But, <laughs> but I was I was able to do, do it. You know, I, I, I went out there and I, I went to some a lot of great states. I went through Texas, Louisiana. I was in Florida. I was in Nevada, Arizona. I hiked at a bajillion places and I'm not done. Whatever I can see, whatever the ways that I can push myself and just that's what I'm going to keep doing. You know, money or no money. I'll find a way. Yeah. I, I can always find a way to make money. I'm a hard worker. Well, if you can get over up to Alberta, we've got the Rocky Mountains and it is some incredible yes. hiking. So you can stay with me. Ooh. We'll do some hiking. Yes, deal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just, I mean, like, I hope you're serious oh, about yeah. this because I can't drive anymore, but I'll find the way. Oh, yeah. I'll pick you up <laughs> at the airport. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> chihuahuas it's fine yeah. like, we'll get a team together like <laughs> absolutely i'll get my dogs that we'll, we'll we'll be a sled team out there like no yeah. problem and so i would love that i would love that i you know a great thing first of all i think canada is amazing just so you know like my entire life i because i was so close i was in west virginia i was very close to the like east side eastern part yeah. of canada yeah eastern yeah. part so i've always loved canada but recently I've you know how you can check on TikTok your analytics yeah. and you can see like who's watching your videos I'm actually like kind of trending in Canada Ooh. and I feel really cool about it <laughs> yes because uh Canada and Australia both uh, both places I very much enjoy so the fact that I get to meet uh, people from around the world, I'm like, okay, I'm a, I'm a pop star now. Yeah, Thank that's you very amazing. Much. Like, I might be you like on tour. <laughs> visually impaired, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very okay with this. <laughs> I love my followers. They're the best. Like, they're, they're absolute best. So it's it's very cool. I will absolutely take you up on that. Just just keep a, keep a lookout for me. I'm going to be recording and, and keep putting stuff out there. I tell people, just be patient with me mentally. Yeah. I would love to be on TikToks out. Algorithm. I would love to do this posting every day and doing everything every day. But there are just some weeks where I meet with doctors and I can't, I just can't. Yeah. I need that time for myself. Not every day is so bright and yeah. shiny. Not every day is I look myself in the mirror and I'm like, ah, rock star. Pope is a rock star. Like, <laughs> yeah. no. I, <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to stop on life. This doesn't stop me in life. My trauma didn't stop me. The kids bullying me didn't stop me. Vision loss is not going to stop me. At this point, God, the universe, whoever is out there is really going to have to just hit me with something hard to stop me because I'm telling you, I can be just ahead and I would still be over here like, hey, how you doing, beautiful? Are you having a great day? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I'll, I'll never stop, you know? You keep pushing that positive movement forward and that's all you can do. I Spread love, love that. That's, that's amazing. Where's the best people place for Thank people you. to find you? What's your username on TikTok? So on TikTok, it is uh, at Glowsesh, G-L-O-W-S-E-S-H. And then uh, same on Instagram. Your Instagram, I just built that too. So again, hear me out. If you follow me, I will try to follow you right back. But Glowsesh is how you will find me. And uh, I'll keep promoting it, the positivity movement. Everybody give me ideas too. Anything you ever want to hear or, or talk to me about and, and might not have the voice to speak it out yourself, let me know. Yeah, I, I love I'll that. I'll gladly, gladly speak. I'm so glad that I messaged you and that you responded. And I know. It was so exciting. You were so excited. And I was like, oh my God, she's so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let me not scare them away. I like people that I make positivity bomb. So like yeah. if, if I if I come up too much, just please let me know. I'll tone it down no, for you. Don't like don't ever tone yourself scare down. anybody away. No. Oh, I, but you know, I gotta you got again, it's about talking in a way that people can relate and understand. Yeah. So if I gotta you know, just 
chill myself out a little bit and go a few <laughs> octanes lower. It's totally yeah. fine. Like, I have no problem. I'm here for the people. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'm so glad. We'll have to connect yeah. again. We'll find more things to talk yes. about. Yes, And, Absolutely. yeah, my door is open. So you come hike these Rocky Mountains with me. It is gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. I would invite you to my house, but I've got a lot of little people here and they're crazy. <laughs> That's totally fine. Listen, mad respect to you. Okay. We talked about these, these beautiful little human souls. Well, we'll let you get on with your day, but thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you so much, both of you, for having me. What a way to start my week. My week starts on Sunday, so oh, y'all have, or I'm sorry, Tuesday, I apologize. But it's just, this has blasted me forward. Wow. I, I think you ladies are amazing. Thank you for just doing what you do. I listen to your podcast. I hear people's stories. And you are a part of my hope and inspiration for what I can be one day. Thank you for doing what you do and and allowing me to be here and share my story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Heroes. You're heroes. You are inspirations to me. So please keep doing what you're doing, ladies. I'm going to keep listening. I'm going to keep promoting. I did not sign up for this. (laughs) And we're just going to keep going forward. Oh, my God. Well, we just love you. Oh, I love y'all uh, so much. Message me anytime. Glow is here to grow, baby. Oh, Ask my for God. All right. <laughs> I love it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Sounds great. Bye. Have a great week, baby. You too. Bye. Bye. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. Okay. We just off off camera, off, off. What's mic? it called? Like off mic? Off mic. Off air? Off air. We just made some funny jokes about death. As we, we do, do. Um, as we holy do, holy smokes, glow, glow. I just want to put is... her in my pocket, and like every time I'm feeling a little unsure about life or myself, yeah. she's gonna pop out and just give me a glow sesh. She's like a little like Tinkerbell, yeah, just like flitting around. What a I know, what a beautiful soul. Like I just love Absolutely. that we get to have these connections with people, and like yeah, like why don't we just spread more love? You know. It's because we are cynical AF. <laughs> okay. That's, that's why we need people like Glow in the world. It's true. Because I can we only spread so much love. Uh-huh. And then I start to get a bit sassy and sarcastic and absolutely cynical. Same. But yeah. <laughs> we also didn't talk about our Patreon. Are we talk- did we? Yeah, well, I mean, I just alluded okay. to some I said alluded. something about Patreon. If you're not on our Patreon, where are you at? Where, where, where the f you at? <laughs> I don't. It's like I know that's a TikTok reference, but I don't yeah. understand it. But I wanted it's to sound. Silly. I wanted to sound relevant. There you go. Um, um, it was actually a TikTok thing, like very long ago. So you're not quite as yeah. Relevant I'm as probably you're just be, understanding but... it now, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, God. Uh, we have a Patreon. Yeah. We have almost 50 episodes are we at 50 episodes i think we might be at 50 or this upcoming one is going to be 50 right we just finished telling my story oof oof that Talk was a about rough uplifting. one right <laughs> uh lots of amazing comments from listeners which i really appreciate yeah uh right. your stories on there and your craziness and then we've got some other crazy stories on there we have a lot of like crazy x stories yes we do and you're listening to this on February 1st, but yesterday, January 31st, we did a draw for a copy of Marcy's book. She was a past mm-hmm. guest a couple weeks ago. And so if you were a Patreon, you got entered one time at the $5 level and twice at the $8 level. 
And we try to do that like every month, every month or so we try to do a giveaway as a way of thanking you for supporting us. Absolutely. And if you are an $8 Patreon, you do get the episode one day early. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. And then also, if you want to find a way of supporting us that isn't necessarily financial, uh, please download our episodes Mm -hmm. and share the episodes because the more people... Uh, that are are downloading and listening the bigger we grow and that is what we want exactly we yeah. want to be in everybody's ears yeah uh okay i know i feel like i'm like not quite all with it because of my dad and so i mean could you be professional please this I, is our... <laughs> I am drinking a white claw i thought maybe if i could just like loosen up you know loosen up a little loosen up my lips a little down your white claw and then like go have a nap or something yeah, I know. Self-care. Mm-hmm. Hashtag self-care. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening, for downloading, for supporting, all those things. We just love you. All the things. And, and the get li- excited for next week because our 100th episode is going to be real fun. And you know what? We should also go live. Yeah, celebrate. I thought we could go live for our two-year anniversary. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Which is coming up in March. I mean, I get, we can go live whenever we want. Like, nothing's stopping us, but. I'm going to go live without you. Go. Go do it. I'll watch. (laughs) Okay. Have a good day. Bye.